Welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. Walter, how are you? I'm great, man. Uh, it's a divine fall here in Montana. The aspens are golden. There was a full moon last night as I sat in the hot springs and watched it rise over the mountains. Um, I'm feeling completely in touch with nature uh, and my own cycles as a human being. So I can't imagine. So let's ruin it by going into the world of the internet and politics. And uh, I'm totally willing to do that. that. Yeah, I've got so much to spare (laughs) that I don't think it's going to affect me deeply. Good. Uh, you're going to need a lot to spare for this week. This was this was a crazy week. Uh, this had this had so many things happen that uh, we're, we're going to have to leave out a bunch of consequential news stories. I think the place to start, though, has to be this Canadian episode. Um, does it need to be summarized for people or do people know the outlines of, of what happened there? I guess it needs to be summarized. Yeah. Walter, sure. how, how, how would you frame what happened? Well, last Friday on the eve of Yom Kippur, uh, the Canadian Parliament invited a man who was cast as a Ukrainian fighter in World War II against Russia, and uh, with Zelensky there, and I think he was there, was he not? Uh, uh, yeah. They gave him That a, was the idea. Yeah, they gave, they gave this 98-year-old uh, freedom fighter, as people were given to understand it, uh, an incredible standing ovation. Um, and it came out rather quickly then that he had indeed been a member of the Waffen FS, SS, excuse me, um, that uh, he wasn't quite the Ukrainian freedom fighter that they had cast him as. He, he had opposed Russia. He was, uh, you know, part of an I guess you could call the SS an elite German force, um, Nazi force. Uh, it turns out they'd applauded a Nazi. Um, and then came the recriminations and the apologies, which were very strange and which we'll go into. Yeah, so there are so many layers to this. Um, I, I first, let's just listen to... You know, quick summation. There's some audio, some video that uh, might be helpful. Um, this this is kind of the scene that everybody's talking about, uh, where the uh, speaker of the house, the Canadian speaker of the the House of Commons, um, had invited this figure, Yaroslav Hunka. Uh, the speaker's name is Anthony Rhoda, and we're going to hear some audio from Rhoda. And then kind of the reaction. We have here in the chamber today Ukrainian Canadians, Ukrainian Canadian world veteran from the Second World War who fought the Ukrainian independence against the Russians and continues to support the troops today, even at his age of 98.
His name is Yaroslav Hunka. And uh, I was going to say he's in the gallery, but I think you beat me to that. <laughs> but I'm very proud to say that he is from North Bay and from my riding of Nipissing to Miskaming. He's a Ukrainian hero, a Canadian hero, and we thank him for all his service. Thank you. Okay. All right. So let's let's start with just the basics. Let's assume total ignorance of everything um, in Yaroslav Hunka's past. You mean uh, ignorance on our already, part? or ignorance no, on, part on their the, part? On their part, okay. Well, it's profound. Let's assume all they knew. It's profound ignorance, isn't it? First of all, I, I, this is the sound of people applauding their own virtue and unstoppable in their admiration for themselves. Very stupid people, too, because how could you have not paused when someone is? It, it, uh, introduced as a fighter against Russia in World War II and thought, for exactly whom was he fighting? I mean, uh, who are these illiterates? Uh, and yet, not only do they applaud without cease, they laugh at the next joke and so on. I mean, they are trained SEALs. I'm sorry. There had to be people in that audience who knew something of the history of World War II. Well, right. I mean, Let's start with the with the the first error, right? Which is that you have the entire Canadian Parliament, which is apparently, I guess, unaware that uh, that the Soviets were in fact allies of Canada in in World War II. Sure. Uh, that that no matter and and I, I, when I wrote about this, I I tried not to spend a whole lot of time on Yaroslav Hunko because. I do understand the motivations of Ukrainians who fought against the Soviets. I mean, there, there, there was a there's a rock and a hard place uh, element to that whole situation that, um, you know, is is murky. Uh, the problem is that there were there's ample evidence of atrocities that were committed against Ukrainian population, against Jews, uh, the alliance with the invading Nazis, um, for which they were very harshly punished, by the way, after the war by uh, Stalin, um, you know, th there was not particularly a lot of honorable conduct that went on in either direction uh, during that time. But look, no matter what happens, you're wearing the the uniform of the, um, you know, a, a, an SS soldier, uh, and that carries all the implications that you know it deserves. But but just starting with the fact that they they apparently were unaware of who's whose side they were, these people were fighting on, it, it, it's like stunning just to begin with, isn't it? That's what I meant. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean uh, the Soviet Union was an ally at that point, and they're, and they're applauding uh, the work of a uh, German auxiliary kind of uh, in fighting it, a Nazi uh, instrument. Um, I don't really care uh, one way or another about all the, the, the sympathies and uh, geopolitical niceties of why Ukraine uh, fought the Soviets in World War II. 
uh, because war is messy and we've made a every day we make alliances with groups that have their own interests and so on. And so do our enemies, but you know, war is two sides and, uh, <laughs> we're talking about someone who fought against our side. Right. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, if, if they wanted to introduce this guy with all that nuance, that would have been fine, but that's not what they did. Um, and, uh, you just realized that they were all idiots. I mean, they were absolutely puppets on a string. They had no idea who they were applauding for. That's what's clear. They'll applaud for anybody. If whoever it is that gives the signal, gives the signal. Um, Right. Yeah. They, 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 they seem totally indifferent to, um, you know, who, for whom it was they were applauding, which is not a good way place to be as a politician. I mean, you, you, you might want to do a little bit of homework before you do that anyway. Uh, so, okay. Already that's bad. Uh, then it comes out very quickly and it should have come out before that because this guy had published blogs. Uh, he's got a, he's got a blog out there that's called Visti Combatanta, which is like a combatant's memories or combatant's diaries or news, um, where he describes his, you know, working for, um, in the Galicia regiment of the Waffen SS and working for Hitler's army, um, and this is not exactly a secret, so it comes out. The next uh, business day happens to be Yom Kippur, um, and there's a series of statements that are made. And the first one by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, which is kind of his first draft apology, mm -hmm. is just amazing. Uh, we, and I think we got to hear this kind of impromptu uh, statement, which you can't classify as an apology. Obviously, it's extremely upsetting that this happened. Uh, the speaker, speaker has uh, acknowledged his mistake uh, and has apologized. Uh, but this is something that is deeply embarrassing to the Parliament of Canada and, by extension, to all Canadians. Uh, I think particularly of Jewish MPs and all members of the Jewish community across the country who are uh, celebrating Yom, or commemorating Yom Kippur today. Uh, I think it's going to be really important that all of us push back against Russian propaganda, Russian disinformation, and continue our steadfast and unequivocal support for Ukraine, uh, as uh, we did last week with announcing uh, further measures to stand with Ukraine in uh, Russia's illegal war. <laughs> so, okay, so he, he, he sort of non-apologized. It's, it's, all, it's all Rhoda's fault. Um, it's embarrassing for Canada. Uh, he kind of skips over the part where he was there and, and applauding. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't do any homework. I seem not to know whose side, um, who was fighting for. Um, I believe and, that. Yeah, that's probably I, I, true. I actually I, believe that too. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he knows what's going on, frankly. I mean, uh, I watched that uh, apology and it, it it was insincere. It moved as quickly as it could to Russia blaming um, as though somehow they'd been hoodwinked by Russian disinformation, or it was a disinformation operation to have noticed their mistake. I'm not sure what the hell he was talking about. Yeah, so the way CBC phrased it, the CBC, which, by the way, con 
continues to kind of not cover itself in glory as uh, a news organization that's somehow even more embarrassing than American counterparts. Um, but the way they phrased this uh, was Trudeau warned that this event may fuel Russian propaganda. Russian President Vladimir Putin has claimed that the Ukraine conflict is about rooting out Nazis. So he, it's Russian disinformation. He's warning about Russian disinformation, disinformation apparently being the narrative that, that Ukrainians are Nazis and that the Russian operation is about rooting out Nazis. Uh, th- there's no Russian element anywhere in this story. This entire thing is, is a Ukrainian story from start to finish, a, a, a Canadian story from start to finish. And yet the, the gall for him to invoke Russian disinformation and this coming just a year after or a year and change after uh, he, you know, he stood up and blamed, uh, you know, a Jewish member of parliament for standing with those who would wave swastikas at the trucker convoy. Um, and, and that was disinformation because when you actually looked at the, the, the so-called swastika waivers, it was all people who were holding flags that said things like fuck Trudeau and had like pictures of swastikas on the map of Canada. Like it was people who were calling Trudeau a Nazi, a Nazi. They right. weren't, uh, they weren't advancing national socialist ideals. They were using this kind of in the way the, you know, the playwright CJ Hopkins, who's now in trouble in Germany was doing it. He's, he was using it as a, as a way to criticize, uh, you know, his implication that the, that the, but the Canadian truckers were Nazis was, was disinformation. And now he has the stones to come out and say, um, yes, this happened. It's embarrassing, but like, look out for Russian disinformation. Like I'm at a, like, that's like a 10 on the, on the, the, the huevos, the, the stone scale. I, it was mind blowing. I, I refuse to credit him with stones, stones, meaning a form of courage <laughs> or, 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 or gall. Um, I, I think he's a programmed moron who, uh, you know, got up and cheered when he was told. And now he's reading the script that he was given. And uh, back when, when he charged Canadian truckers with being Nazis for accusing him of being one, which is what they were doing. Uh, I don't think he had stones then either. I think he's a completely supple instrument of, uh, you know, higher programming from whoever runs the information campaign over there. And I take utter delight in his humiliation and that of his regime, because they are in the forefront of wanting the rest of us to, you know, shut up, uh, um, genuflect, genuflect, and so on. So, I mean, how can one not have schadenfreude in this case? If indeed it was mere stupidity that caused this episode, of which I'm not completely convinced. I, it I'm can't st- be. No. Can it be? No. No, it can't and, be. And, 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 and now we have to get into why it can't be. Um, yeah, let's do that. So Trudeau's deputy prime minister um, is someone with whom I'm personally familiar and, you know, many journalists who worked in um, – in that part of the world are uh, Christia Freeland, who worked for the Financial Times, the New, State, New Statesman. She wrote uh, a number of books 
Um, uh, there was uh, one called Sale, Sale of the Century. Uh, there was another one about oligarchs. I forget what the title was. Um, I actually appeared with her once on a Bill, Bill Moyers episode about the financial crash. Um, and she has extensive um, knowledge of this part of the world. Uh, and there's also some background. There's a, there's a family tie to... Um, to Ukrainians, I think I believe her father was Ukrainian. She got her start working at a Ukrainian publication, um, and it's just and and she was there in the in another episode. I guess we should probably play like, play that one too, um, where the a member of parliament actually asked for this episode to be stricken for the record from the record. <laughs> uh, you can see her in the background, Christia Freeland. Um, kind of nodding along, and um, it, maybe while I dig that up, Walter, maybe if you could just offer your comments on on uh, you know your first impressions of of Christia Freeland and, and what what she might have um, you know contributed to this. Well, she had been an exchange student in Russia uh, as a Harvard student. Um, she uh, wrote for Ukrainian nationalist publications. I think it's fair to. Um, classify them as such. Uh, she couldn't, she, she has a family background that goes back to uh, the Nazis, <laughs> a grandfather who uh, uh, I think was in Poland and uh, published some sort of uh, Nazi propaganda paper, uh, anti-Semitic and so on. and. Uh, not that anyone should be held responsible for the sins of their uh, ancestors, but it defies belief that she wouldn't have known in her fingertips who she was applauding. And, you know, so the question, though, is are they Nazis or Bolsheviks? Because the, 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 the Nazi uh, thesis, and I'm being facetious and exaggerated here, uh, is supported by who they applauded. Their desire to erase the incident uh, after it had happened from the record was quite Bolshevik. Um, they've got all sides of totalitarian thinking uh, covered here, um, from from nationalism to uh, Orwellian deletion uh, of uh, you know and Stalin Stalinist deletion of history right after it happens. I mean. What kind of a zoo is the Canadian House of Commons that you can get up and ask that its most ridiculous, uh, embarrassing moment be stricken from the record? And she sits there nodding. Freeland sits there nodding. Yeah, yeah. Can we can we can we play that one also? This is um, this is a member of a parliament named Karina Gould. Who's uh, who's just asking that? Uh, can we can we please uh, get unanimous consent to ha make sure that that never happened? I would like to ask for unanimous consent to adopt the following motion: 
that notwithstanding any standing order, special order, or usual practice of the House, the recognition made by the Speaker of the House of an individual present in the galleries during the joint, joint address to Parliament by His Excellency Volodymyr Zelensky be struck from the appendix of the House of Commons debates of Thursday, September 21, 2023, and from any House multimedia recording. Thank you, Mr. What better way to honor never forget <laughs> than to immediately ask for permission to delete this embarrassing episode? Well, remember, from- remember, uh, you know, uh, lobotomy is different than forgetting. Uh, you know, self lobotomy is different than forgetting. Uh, uh, excising things is different than, you know, amnesia. Uh, I, if these were not the people who are calling for the world to be, you know, uh, expunged of, 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 of Russian disinformation, then I might be willing and wrong to think and, and wrong think in every way and taking away people's bank accounts, uh, for, you know, and, and uh, for, for, for having, you know, done a civil protest in Ottawa. I might be willing to cut them breaks, but I am unwilling to cut them any. As far as I'm concerned, the totalitarian, smug, insular, moronic nature of these regimes that want to police the rest of us, their overconfidence, and even in a way their mischievousness, I think, was shown in crystal form in this episode. And it must be absolutely put on the middle of the table as a centerpiece for why they have neither the moral, intellectual, or political uh, authority to do what they're doing in general in terms of suppressing others, policing speech, um, and, and, and attempting to rally us all to this group thing. Because uh, them standing up and applauding as one for this completely transparent situation that should have been for anyone with the least grasp of history uh incredibly troubling uh, and and visible at the first moment is to me their exposure they've been exposed and and, and i think they thought they could slip it by us i mean i think do they you, thought do you think that's what it was or do you think cuz cuz I mean, there's another level to this where... That's one of my four four hypotheses, actually. I have others. Right? I mean, yeah, it could be, oops, and let's just try to smooth this over, and then let's get uh, you know, Wikipedia to... to uh, if, you look, if you look at Yaroslav Hunka's page uh, now, you, you'll see that this article is being considered for deletion, uh, if you if you click through it'll it'll have a little message that say this article is being considered for deletion in, co- in accordance with Wikipedia's deletion policy. Please share your thoughts on this matter on the article's deletion discussion page. Um, so I and I have no doubt that algorithmically that this episode is going to end up being treated, um, you know, in the fashion of many other news stories that just don't get seen all that much. Um, but. The, the 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 most generous interpretation of this is they screwed up, uh, and then they resorted to ham-handed uh, efforts to, you know, basically just overtly whitewash the situation. Again, the the Soviet Union, the Soviets did this kind of stuff, but they had the, the they had the 
the shame or the cleverness, I guess, to to kind of do it in stealth. Um, you know, when you when you have Trotsky taken out of the picture of, um, you know, him standing next to Stalin on the banks of the of uh, the the Moskva River. They didn't do that like on television. Um, you know, it was but, just but, in the next edition of a but, textbook. But uh, we're we're looking we're looking sorry. through a telescope at a population of Martians that has completely divorced itself from regular regular life. They you know, it doesn't take stones to stand up and call for the, you know, striking of your most embarrassing episode from the record. It takes smugness and insularity and bubble mind to the max. Um, yeah, that's I, probably I, true. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a camera on you, lady. I mean, right. uh, <laughs> uh, but, but I guess you have lived for so long in a no consequences world in which you're always right, in which the enemy is whatever you say it is. Um, uh, usually you say it's a Nazi or, uh, and that doesn't work today. Uh, you'd like to go back to doing that. Dude, they want to strike this from the record and then go back and put that Nazi label back in their quiver and start using it of, you know, various people in Canada again, should they wish, uh, that's the only problem. They removed one of their own weapons from their armory and they want it back. Um, and they think that they can call for having it back in public. Meanwhile, they take their mistake and somehow blame it or its exploitation on the Russians. Uh, the Russians didn't have to say word one for this whole thing to go down. Um, and, and even if they did, how could we hear it? We're, we, we don't get any access to anything that comes from Russia. I mean, you can't you can't read any Russian newspapers if you yeah yeah. Despite being told Matt that that through all sorts of back channels and insidious information operations, they get their point of view into every American home, uh, or Canadian home. You you got to go on Telegram in Russian to get any kind of you know input from anything that's coming out of Russia, and most of that is like. Sort of anti-Russian propaganda, but whatever. We'll get to we'll get to that some other day. So we should probably play also the second draft of uh, Trudeau's apology or his statement because now he's cleaned things up, and the the initial off the cuff remarks now come out in a different form. In a few moments, I will address the House in front of all Canadians, in front of Jewish people here and around the world and Ukrainians to offer Parliament's unreserved apologies for what happened on Friday. The Speaker was solely responsible for the invitation and recognition of this man and has wholly accepted that responsibility and stepped down. This was a mistake that has deeply embarrassed Parliament and Canada. All of us who were in this House on Friday regret deeply having stood and clapped even though we did so unaware of the context. It was a horrendous violation of the memory of the millions of people who died in the Holocaust, and it was deeply, deeply painful for Jewish people. It also hurt Polish people, Roma people, two SLGBTQI plus people, 
disabled people, racialized people, and the many millions who were targeted by the Nazi genocide. Every year, there are fewer and fewer Holocaust survivors to share firsthand the horrors of what they experienced, and it is therefore incumbent upon us all to ensure that no one ever forgets what happened. I also want to reiterate how deeply sorry Canada is for the situation this put President Zelensky and the Ukrainian delegation in. It is extremely troubling to think that this egregious error is being politicized by Russia and its supporters to provide false propaganda about what Ukraine is fighting for. Friday's joint session was about what Canada stands for, about our steadfast support of Ukraine's fight against Putin's brutality, lies and violence. It was a moment to celebrate and acknowledge the sacrifices of Ukrainians as they fight for their democracy, their freedom, their language and culture, and for peace. This is the side Canada was on in World War II, and this is the side we are on today. I mean, I'm kind of speechless by all that. They've now inverted completely, almost, the entire meaning of that incident. They've recast themselves as the allies of, of all oppressed peoples. There's, you got a little, you know, the... They threw a few bon mots uh, to uh, marginalized folk to racialize. They use the they use the term racialize so that you know the, the social justice crowd feels appreciated in, in in the middle of all this. But I, I don't know, Walter. What, what do you think? Why don't when they use Chat GPT four to write a speech? Why don't they just let a computer read it instead of feeding it through <laughs> someone like Justin Trudeau? Um, he's got th- great hair. Yeah. <laughs> this was absolutely the speech that a chatbot would have written. Okay. Um, if you had given it the instruction, you know, how do we apologize for applauding a Nazi, um, but still make it Russia's fault? Um, right. And, uh, you would have got, it would have spit this out. Uh, when you watch the speech, the disingenuous premeditated bad acting is, uh, you know, unmistakable. It's, and then the never forget line after they just tried to hold a vote to expunge the whole episode. He's saying we must never forget it right after they tried to make sure we could never research it. Um, so, and then, then it's, it's wrote, it's solely Rhoda's fault. Oh yeah, none of that, us were and that aware. Was po- that was point number one, and that was the only one where I felt real passion from Trudeau. The rest of it felt like he was checking boxes. But at the beginning, when he said, "Listen, this is one guy's fault," okay, and he he's gone now. I could see he really cared about that point, um, which was unbelievable. I mean, uh, but going back, Matt, to our our thesis that it's incredible that they couldn't have known in some way what they were doing. What indeed were they doing? Well, I mean, we have to consider the possibility that this is kind of what, you know, what do they call it when restaurants uh, open for a night just to see 
what uh what how the crowd a soft will react open to, a soft the open. soft a soft open right um it it had a little bit of the feel of a soft open for kind of a a, a new embrace of fascistic values not you know uh, a kind of neo-nazi political theory and i don't think that's a fanciful uh thing to say there's there are lots of reasons to think this that we're going to get into um but if you move past the idea that they they that that it couldn't have been known or that this had to have been just a mistake what else are we really left with uh with this episode and I don't. That's kind of what I get, um, and it, it, it follows the trajectory of decades of propaganda since the collapse of the Soviet Union that has kind of led us in the direction of, you know, America has to be a preeminent unipolar force in the world. Um, we have to reject our old school conceptions of democracy of, of diplomacy. Um, you know, that respect the territorial rights of other quote unquote great powers. We have to become uh, militarily superior. We have uh, international law is highly conditional. We respect it when we need it, when we disrespect it, when we don't. Um, in the case of the former Soviet Union, and this, this came out very strikingly in the writings of Christia Freeland, by the way, this is something that I spent years uh, kind of arguing with a lot of these folks about there was uh, an awful lot of propaganda about how this new rebuilding chaotic country desperately needed uh, you know the contributions of this new group of uh, capitalists who were being called oligarchs at the time. Um, they were often compared to the American robber barons and and there was very often a reference to the a, a messy transition to western style capitalism but it was always described as kind of a net plus and we have some stuff that we can read about this um but you combine that with the justifications that we we brought out during the war and terror period for emergency executive power that had an awful lot in common with uh, some things that went on in the thirties. I don't know. I mean, we, we can get into all of it, but what are your, what are your thoughts, Walter? You know, I'm reading a book called the devil's Chessboard right now when I right. probably should have read in the past. And one of the things it does is rather carefully and patiently, uh, talks about American ties to Nazi Germany before world war II, And those ties you know, were severed during the war. There were industrial, financial, and political ties. Uh, you know, the books about the Dulles brothers, who, you know, one of whom became Secretary of State and the other started RCIA. But after the war, as anybody who has looked into things knows, uh, we exported uh, kind of the in scientific intelligentsia of, of, of Germany for use in our. Uh, fight against Russia. And uh, we no doubt exported the hatred of Russia that those, uh, <laughs> those German scientists felt, having had their regime vanquished, really, 
uh, by Stalin's Soviet Union. Um, in particularly cruel fashion, I should put it. I mean, not, not, that, not that they didn't deserve it, but... but yes, the, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. But what I'm going to say is not some big conspiratorial knock on the fact that America and the U.S. and Canada accommodated, uh, you know, some of the Nazi elite following the war. It's to say this. We actually have a very complicated relationship with Nazi Germany. It wasn't just that we cut the head off the dragon, buried it, and that was it. Um, and I got to say, some of those ghosts of the past seem to be still haunting uh, our society and our government. And now that we find ourselves in this heavily propagandized fight against the successor to the Soviet Union, some of the feelings, some of the uh, history of that past conflict, which was, you know, led by Nazi Germany with, you know, the predecessor regime, is coming out. And, and maybe they kind of want it to come out. Maybe they want to air it. I mean, in the sense that that was the era of, besides the Cold War, uh, the most intense anti-Russian feeling that's existed in this century. And, and, and birds of a feather flock together. And now that we're being asked once again to sort of, you know, stand up against the Russian threat, tolerate censorship, tolerate, um, you know, vast military spending, and even the prospect of a wider war, while Why, we're talking, we're, while, while we're, we're saying we're, we're people of peace. While we're saying we're people of peace, would it, not, would it not be a moment when the ghosts might rush in, when the memes of the past would reanimate themselves, when even some of the sympathies of the past would betray themselves? I have a friend, a very liberal friend, uh, uh, and very smart friend, who wrote me this uh, after the incident unprompted. I just think more generally, Canada and the rest of the Commonwealth countries are used as a testing ground for creepy policy and social theory. However, blurring the lines around Nazism certainly cleans up the notion of state-sponsored socialism and absolute loyalty to the state's ideas. And, you know, I, I, this is just an opinion off the cuff from someone but that's how it seemed to him. And what he means is, is that there's a mimetic introduction of certain ideas that comes with this. And it can't be ignored because however they may have forsworn what happened, it happened. And I've got to say, the, I, I did not think the spectacle of people rising to their feet in spectacular applause and unified uh outcry of approval for a, uh, you know, fighter against the Soviet Union for the Germans was going to happen. I saw it. It's a bell that can't be unrung. It looked like a Nazi rally. I mean, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't the only uh, uh, instance, I guess, of, of unified and moronic approval for someone that's ever happened in history. But it did remind me of some of the past ones. Yeah, I mean, we 
there's been a lot of press coverage of 